There's a holdup in the Bronx, Brooklyn's broken out in fights. There's a traffic jam in Harlem that's backed up to Jackson Heights. There's a scout troop short a child, cruise ships to an idle wild. Car 54, where are you? Eat, sleep, links, repeat. This is the Atari Lynx Handicast. Calling all cars. Calling all cars. This is episode 23, APB, All Points Bulletin. And here once again is the duty captain for this podcast, Mark Little. That is all. Ten four, Monty. Say, Monty, today's game reminds me of one of those typical police dramas from American TV, like Highway Patrol, T.J. Hooker, or Adam-12. You know the kind I mean, right? They usually had no-nonsense characters who sometimes did things their own way, bucking the rules much to the chagrin of a tough-as-nails police captain whose bark was very often worse than his bite. Uh, Did you ever see any of those types of shows in the U.K.? Yes, we got American TV series growing up in England. But the American police TV show that I remember the most, the one program above all others that showed me what American patrolmen are really like, was Car 54 Where Are You? Seriously, Monty? (laughs) That's the show that formed your impressions of patrolmen in the U.S.? 10-4. Well, I have heard that that TV show, silly 60s sitcom though it may be, was not too far from the real experiences that New York City police patrolmen faced every day, at least at that time. Still, I would hope that most patrolmen nowadays would resemble Pete Malloy and Jim Reed from Adam-12, rather than Francis Muldoon and Gunther Tootie from Car 54, Where Are You? Perhaps. I'll hold my opinion on what American patrolmen are like until after we've done a thorough dossier on today's game. Well then, I guess I had better get that investigation started right away. Today's game is PA-2042 APB All Points Bulletin, released by Atari Corporation in 1991. New York, the world's toughest city. When normal cops can't handle it, they call the Enforcers. There's a holdup in the Bronx, Brooklyn's broken out in fights. Tell me about it. There's a traffic jam in Harlem that's backed up to Jackson Heights. We were just trying to help. There's a scout troop short a child, cruise ships to an idle wild. Okay, okay, 
Statistics. Well, here are the vital statistics that I have about today's game, APB All Points Bulletin. Release date and initial retail price. APB was published and released by Atari Corporation in August of 1991. The original retail price for the game was between $34 and $39 in the U.S. and £29.99 in the U.K. Cartridge information. The game is housed on a 256-kilobyte mono curved-lip style cartridge. Alternate titles. The game is also known as APB with the periods, and it's named as APB All Points Bulletin without the periods on the title screen of the Atari Lynx version. Game genre. APB is a top-down view, two-dimensional, scrolling arcade, racing driving game for one player only. Screenplay field orientation. The screenplay field orientation for APB is landscape, or horizontal. Based on. APB was based on the arcade cabinet of the same name that was released by Atari Games in 1987. Ports of the game to other systems. Ports of APB were also released in 1989 for the Amstrad CPC, the Atari ST, the Commodore 64, the Commodore Amiga, the DOS platform, and the ZX Spectrum. Game levels. There are at least 99 levels, or days, in APB. Packaging. APB was released in a full-color, standard, flap-tab, regular-size box, 5 and 3 8 inches high, by 4 and 3 8 inches wide, by 7 8 inches deep. The French variant includes a sticker on the front that reads two pins gratuit, which indicates the inclusion of two APB lapel pins. Front of the box. The background of the box front is black. Covering most of the box front is the cover art outlined in a red panel. The cover art consists of a cartoon black and white police car in the center with four, count them four, flashing yellow strobe lights on top. And the cruiser is soaring over a curved street. There is a large yellow sunburst emanating from behind the police car, and the corner of a blue bus can be seen following behind. The background consists of a large traffic light on a pole on the left of the cover art, with an office building behind it, all against a blue sky. Standing underneath the traffic light is a dude with an orange mohawk wearing a white tank shirt, jeans, and black boots. He has a large knife in his right hand and a blackjack in his left. The lower right of the background consists of four cartoon buildings hugging the curving street. There are signs on three of the buildings that read Donuts, Acme Hotel, and Dogs. A green Model T hot rod and a pink 1950s coupe are parked in front of them. The title, APB, with the periods, in large yellow block serif lettering rendered to look like gold plating, is superimposed across the top third of the cover art. A small white TM is positioned to the top right of the B in the title. Straddling the cover art panel at the bottom and surrounded by an oblong red panel with rounded corners is the standard Atari Lynx cartouche. Below the Lynx logo, within the cartouche, are the words Video Game Card in white block lettering. Finally, beneath the cover art at the lower left corner of the box is the Atari Fuji logo and name in white with a small white circled R registered trademark just to the right. Back of the box. The background of the box back is white. 
most of the back is enclosed within a red panel. Straddling the panel at the top is a smaller version of the title, APB, with the periods, in the same font as it appears on the front cover. A small black TM appears just to the upper right of the B in the title. Within the panel are two left and right screenshots near the top. The left screenshot shows a top-down view of the game playfield with a police car on the black pavement on the left and the status bar in blue on the right. The right screenshot depicts a three-lane road with three vehicles on it, along with the blue status screen on the right. Beneath the screenshots are two side-by-side -side paragraphs in medium black font. The left paragraph reads, In this real arcade game, you and Officer Bob must search out and collar the perps who've engaged in such heinous criminal activities as littering, speeding, and assorted other forms of misconduct too despicable to mention. But while you're out there patrolling the streets in Officer Bob's police car, don't forget to refuel. Stop in at your friendly neighborhood donut shop and gain extra time. There are innocent bystanders and vehicles in APB. If you hit one, you get demerits. The right paragraph includes the same verbiage in French. Straddling the bottom of the red frame in its own oblong red panel with rounded corners is a small version of the standard Lynx cartouche with the words Video Game Card in white block letters below the Lynx logo. At the lower left of the box is the Atari Fuji logo and name in black with a small black circled R, registered trademark, just to the right of the name. At the bottom center of the box is printed in small black font, Atari, the Atari logo, and Lynx are TMs or registered trademarks of Atari Corporation. APB, with the periods, is a TM of Atari Games Corp. licensed to Tengen Incorporated. Copyright 1990, Tengen Incorporated licensed to Atari Corporation. Copyright 1991, Atari Corporation, Sunnyvale, California, 94089-1302. All rights reserved, printed in Hong Kong, made in China. Finally, as usual, at the bottom right of the box back is displayed the official seal of the FBI bracketed at the top by the phrase winners don't use drugs and at the bottom with the name William S. Sessions, Director FBI. Yada yada yada. Box flaps, tabs, and spines. Printed on the bottom left inside tab of my APB box is a small circle with the numbers 1 through 12 surrounding it, similar to a clock face, but with the number 9 missing. Inside the circle is printed the number 1992. This indicates that the print date for my box was in the ninth month, or September, of 1992, over a year after its initial release. Above the circle are the initials GC, which again refers to one of several printing houses that Atari used between August of 1987 and June of 1990 to print what is known among Atari 2600 game collectors as the Red Box Boxes. Apparently, Atari continued to use GC past 1990 to print Lynx boxes and manuals. Printed on the top left inside tab of my box are the numbers CA401053-042 and C302185-042. Printed in black on the left corner of the top flap of the box is the title APB TM with the periods in large bold capital block lettering with the part number printed below it in smaller, non-bold font. On the right corner of the top flap is the CE mark, with the Atari Fuji logo and name just to the right. As I mentioned in both Episode 15, Basket Brawl, and in Episode 18, World Class Soccer Fussball, Foosball. Oh, oh yeah, right, Foosball. CE stands for Conformité Européenne. Please pardon my French. 
According to the CE Marking website, a CE mark is a symbol that must be affixed to many products before they can be sold on the European market. This mark indicates that the product does these things. It fulfills the requirements of relevant European product directives. It meets all of the requirements of the relevant recognized European harmonized performance and safety standards. And it is fit for its purpose and will not endanger lives or property. Living in the U.S. means that we don't see that symbol as readily as European shoppers do. In any case, below the CE mark is printed in French, Importutateur, Atari, France, 79, Avenue Louis Rocher, 92238, Genvilliers, ZX. And again, please excuse my French. And the outside bottom flap of the box includes a UPC barcode on the left with the numbers 7-77000-02034-5 with the title at the right in bold capital black block lettering, along with the part number in smaller black font just below that. Both spines of the box have the usual gray vertical bands with faux embossed Lynx font X's with the title on each spine rendered in white in bold capital white block lettering. Each spine also includes a vertically positioned Lynx cartouche at the top, along with the Atari registered trademark Fuji logo and name in white at the bottom, housed within a black box with rounded corners. Below the logo on each spine is the part number, PA2042, in small white lettering. If any Lynxsters out there have APB boxes with different information on the tabs, flaps, or spines, just let me know so that I can share that info with my listeners. The manual. APB was packaged with a full-color poster, 22 inches high by 17 inches wide. The front of the poster includes an exact copy of the box cover art, with a yellow triangular banner added to the upper left that includes the words, See Reverse Side for Instructions, in a large black font tilted upwards at a 45-degree angle. The back of the poster includes an illustrated comic book-style list of basic instructions in either English or in French. The posters were folded several times in order to fit into the small Lynx game boxes. The instructions for APB were written, but not illustrated, by veteran Lynx manual writer Scott Rhodes. We'll hear more from him in the listener feedback segment coming up. Here's how the instructions side of the poster is laid out. There is a teal-colored frame that surrounds all of the panels on the poster. The top row of the poster contains three panels. The left oblong panel, with a background in light blue with white wispy clouds, includes the title of the game in the same font as that on the cover art, along with the police car from the cover art positioned below. Below this panel, with a light orange background, is the following paragraph. This is the city, a dangerous place, full of crooks, as slimy as an earthworm in the rain. The streets are loaded with them. Officer Bob has just graduated from the academy and is as gung-ho as a nerd on the first day of school. He truly believes he can single-handedly clean up the city. Who knows, maybe he can, but the crooks don't think so. Neither does Sergeant Mulrooney, the hot-headed duty boss who is quick to deliver a scorching lecture if Officer Bob stacks up too many demerits. Can Officer Bob succeed where dozens of others have failed? The middle oblong panel at the top features a perspective view of an empty city street in the ghetto with decrepit buildings on both sides. There is an angled box in light purple at the top left of the panel with the words Getting Started in black font. Superimposed across the bottom of the panel are the Getting Started instructions. The right oblong panel includes a red box at the top with the words Playing the Game positioned over a screenshot of the playfield, along with a box at the right that includes instructions on how to play the game. Below and to the left of this panel is a red and white yield sign. There are two panels on the second row. 
the left oblong panel with the light purple background taking up two-thirds of the width of the poster includes a screenshot on the left of the information area indicated by a small green circle on the left. To the right of the panel are paragraphs outlining the scoring, time, and the demerits. On the far right is the second panel with a yellow background that includes another screenshot along with a paragraph about the quota requirements. And below this panel is an angled oblong box in green that includes a paragraph about the end-of-day scoring screen. The next row contains two oblong panels. The left panel with a yellow background includes a screenshot of the game with an angled box in red at the top with the words, To Catch a Thief, along with a paragraph about the criminals Officer Bob will face in the game. The second oblong panel, which takes up the right two-thirds of the poster, also has a yellow background and includes descriptions and graphics of the APBs, or criminal offenders, that Officer Bob will face. Above this panel, on the far right of the poster, is a large headshot of an angry-looking criminal wearing a Viking helmet. And he's holding a menacing knife. And below this panel, in a long horizontal green box, is a paragraph about how Officer Bob can avoid getting blown up while chasing the bad guys. The next row includes three panels. The first square panel in light purple includes an orange box at the top with Here are four of the 15 grungy gangsters roaming the streets in APB. Below that are four descriptions and graphics of the four gangsters. Freddy Freak, Philip Fuse, Cool Hand Duke, and Bernie Gasman. Below this panel, at the bottom corner of the poster in an orange background, is a graphic of a white bag of coins, a green stack of currency, and a frosted donut. Above this graphic is a yellow box with the heading Items, followed by a sentence describing the power-ups in the game. Below this graphic are descriptions of the money bags and the donuts. The next panel with the light purple background includes a screenshot at the top, along with a paragraph about the power-ups available for purchase by Officer Bob at the shop, including acceleration, brakes, higher speed, radar, and gun. Below this panel, in yellow, is a paragraph outlining the strategy for playing the game. Finally, the bottom right corner of the poster is taken up with a large light green panel that includes points awarded in the game, topped by an angled red box that says scoring. Above this panel is an illustration of a police car chasing a blue sedan down a city street while a criminal's arm is seen throwing a bundle of dynamite with a lit fuse out of the window of the sedan. And finally, in a light blue circle at the far right corner is an illustration of Sergeant Mulrooney saying, Nice work! as Officer Bob looks on, picking his teeth with a toothpick. Across the bottom of the poster are three paragraphs in small black print. The left paragraph includes accuracy boilerplate and reproduction restrictions from Atari Corporation. The center paragraph reads, Copyright 1990, Tengen Incorporated, licensed to Atari Corporation. APB is a trademark of Atari Games Corporation, licensed to Tengen Incorporated. All rights reserved. Atari, the Atari logo, and links are trademarks or registered trademarks of Atari Corporation. All rights reserved. And the right paragraph includes the Atari Fuji logo and registered trademark and name at the bottom left. The verbiage to the right of that logo reads, Copyright 1991, Atari Corporation, Sunnyvale, California, 94089-1302, C-398102-042, Revision A-6-91, printed in Hong Kong, GC-7-1991. And I don't know if this was true for every copy of APB, 
but when I purchased my sealed copy of the game on eBay in March of 2017, it came with two poster manuals, one completely in English and one completely in French. I'm positive the seller was based in the United States where I am, so I'm just a little bit confused. Did every new copy of the game include two posters, one in English and one in French, regardless of where it was destined for distribution? Uh, perhaps my copy was originally sold in Canada. Or perhaps Atari included both manuals to all games that were sold in North America. I don't know. But I'd be very interested to hear from any listeners who have opened their NIB copies to see. In any case, my French poster manual was printed in June of 1991, and my English poster manual was printed in July of 1991. Both posters were marked as Revision A. And that completes the vital statistics for APB. The Atari Lynx Handycast will return after this podcast promotion. Hey, you. What ya doing, man? So let's say you want to relive the days of your youth. Well... We have a cure for that. Especially if you're in your 40s and 50s. Zerpinger's 8289 podcast is a recorded journal dedicated to the history of the 80s. It features all the news, music, movies, technology, and even some show and tell from the 80s. Find it at zerpinger.wordpress.com And for you Apple Freaks on iTunes as well. Boy, am I excited. You've heard of Starsky and Hutch. You've heard of Crockett and Tubbs. Now let's go back to where it all began. To the days of the original Tough Cops. When a man could be a man. Francis, would you help me? And a cop could become Herman Munster. Meet Francis Muldoon and Gunther Tootie. Witness the fast cars. Tough talk. We've got to get some people to go to Joel's bar mitzvah. Dangerous weapons and innovative spying techniques. The original Tough Cops. Car 54, where are you? On Nick at Night. Oh! Credits. Original Arcade. The original APB arcade game, which was available in an upright cabinet configuration that included a special steering controller and a flashing blue light on top, was released by Atari Games Corporation in 1987. Licensee. APB was licensed to Atari Corporation by Tengen Incorporated. Tengen was an American video game publisher and developer that was created by the arcade game manufacturer Atari Games to focus on the home game market, computer and console games. Tengen also published conversions of other manufacturers' arcade games, including games from Sega, Namco, and Toaplan. Most of Tengen's NES releases were not licensed by Nintendo, so subsequently Tengen faced a lawsuit because of this. In the early 1990s, Tengen also published several original games from various developers. The Tengen division was renamed to Time Warner Interactive California Incorporated after Time Warner bought Atari Games Corporation in 1993. After the business was sold to WMS Industries, the name was reverted back to Tengen Incorporated. However, the company was inactive until it was finally dissolved in 1999. Besides APB, Tengen Incorporated also licensed no less than 12 arcade titles to Atari Corporation for conversion to the Atari Lynx. 
developer. The developer of APB for the Atari Lynx was Quicksilver Software, which was founded by William C. Fisher in 1984 and is still in operation today. Programmer. The programmer for APB for the Lynx was Robert Barris. Barris currently serves as the lead software engineer for Blizzard Entertainment's Mac Development Group since leaving Quicksilver in 2001. At Quicksilver, he worked on the game's Castles and Conquest of the World in addition to programming and providing sound effects for APB for the Lynx. At Blizzard, he worked on World of Warcraft, Warcraft 3, and Diablo 2. Graphics Graphics and backgrounds for the Lynx game APB were completed by Shan Chastain, Arlene Caberto-Summers, and David Nelson. In addition to APB for the Lynx, Shan Chastain also provided graphics and artworks for the Apple II games Robocop, Heavy Barrel, Bad Dudes, and Platoon. In addition to APB for the Lynx, Arlene Caberto-Summers also worked on those four games, as well as on Castles for DOS and for the Amiga, and many other games for various platforms, mostly Windows, throughout the 1990s. And in addition to APB for the Lynx, Dave Nelson also worked on Castles for DOS, the Amiga, and for the Atari ST. Music Dave Bean provided the music for APB. He also provided music and sound for the 1993 DOS version of The Lost Vikings. Movie Projectionist Before founding Quicksilver Software in 1984, William C. Fisher managed home computer software development for Mattel Electronics. He had a long career as a producer and programmer for many games, mostly for the Mattel and television during the 1980s, and later for games for the Windows platform throughout the 1990s. For APB for the Lynx, he is credited for running the movie projector for the game, whatever that means. Special thanks. Finally, special thanks were given to Steve Rhino in the credits for APB. Rhino's credits mostly include his work as producer or executive producer for countless games between 1989 and 2004. He served as director of the Lynx game Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure and as producer for Scrapyard Dog, both in 1991. And he was thanked in the credits of two Atari Lynx games besides APB, Basket Brawl and Hydra, both in 1992. And that completes my coverage of the credits for APB. The Atari Lynx Handycast will return after this brief advert. This is the city, Los Angeles, California. The city never sleeps. The movie theaters, the restaurants, the parties, the burlesque clubs, the tiddlywinks parlors, the all-night wicker emporiums. They go on from dusk to dawn, and so does the crime. No, crime never sleeps, and that's where I come in. My name is Sergeant Joe Hackaday, and I carry a badge. It's not much to look at as badges go, but I'm kind of stuck on it. I was working the day watch out of the Domestic Distrust Division. It was a Friday afternoon, May 17th. It was hot, 105 degrees in the shade, of which there is precious little in the city. Humidity was at 98%. The barometric pressure was rising. At exactly 3.49 Greenwich Mean Time, I received a telephone call about a domestic disturbance at an apartment in the Cucamonga Heights section, a typical middle-class neighborhood. I left headquarters and hoofed it on out to the address. My partner, Detective Montague, was already there. 
What do you got, Manny? The caller is a one, Bob Shaw Mac from Racine, Wisconsin. He lives in apartment 12B up the stairs and on the right at the end of the corridor. Claims that his girlfriend is involved in some kind of cult. Listening to a certain retro gaming podcast all day and then spending her evenings buying merchandise online from something called a handy shop. Sounds like a front for some kind of demented sicko to me, Sergeant. Come on, let's check it out. Greetings and salutations to you, sirs. Just the facts, ma'am. Um, I'm a sir. Oh, sorry, sir. My mistake. You're Bob Shermack of Racine, Wisconsin? I am? I'm Sergeant Hackaday, and this is Detective Montague. We're from the Domestic Distrust Division. You make a call to headquarters about your girlfriend? Indeed I did. Want to tell me about it? My girlfriend, Maxine Levine. She from Racine, too? Why, yes. Yes, she is. Maxine Levine from Racine? That's right. Go on. She listens to this Handicast podcast all day long. It's about the Atari Lynx. I see. Then at night... At night? Yes. She jumps on the interweb and purchases all this stuff from something called the Handy Shop. She gets all kinds of things from there. Like hats? Yes. T-shirts? Yes, sir. Coffee mugs? Yep. Ballpoint pens? Yup. Water bottles? Uh-huh. Desk notebooks? You got it. Mouse pads? Aye, aye. Tote bags? Affirmative. Polo shirts? See, si, senor. Jackets? Wee, oui, wee. Oui. Drawstring bags? Yaha. Is this stuff any good? I mean, it's not a lot of cheap knockoffs, is it? It's quality merchandise at the highest caliber. I see. You have any proof of these purchases, Mr. Sharmack? I want to make sure she's not buying illegal contraband. Why, yes. Yes, I do. Here's her latest receipt from the handy shop. She bought this stuff last night. Let me see that. Hmm, very reasonable prices. Good variety of shipping options and payment methods, too. And all the proceeds go towards supporting the Atari Lynx Handicasts, hosting and domain costs? I believe so, yes. And you think she's involved with a cult? Isn't she? No, she isn't. We're very familiar with the Atari Lynx Handicast, and it's not a cult. It's a normal, run-of-the-mill, retro gaming podcast about an underappreciated retro handheld console. Ooh, most of the squad members, except for Monty here. I don't have internet. Most of them back at headquarters listen to the Handicast every month. Ooh, and now I need to take this receipt back to headquarters. As evidence? No, I want to buy some of this stuff for myself. I'm a Lynx head from way back. Don't worry about Maxine. She's okay. And she sounds like my kind of lady. Treat her right. Thank you. I will. That's a relief, Sergeant. All in a day's work, Mr. Shermack. You can find any and all officially branded Atari Lynx Handicast merchandise at the Handy Shop. Check it out at atarilynxhandicast.net slash handyshop. I hate Captain Block! I hate Captain Block! No way, Jose! Playing the game. Per the instructions poster for APB All Points Bulletin, Officer Bob must search the city for lawbreakers and criminals. He starts every day at the police station. After meeting his quota at the end of the day, he can get more points by returning to the station. Officer Bob starts his career on the police training course. This first day is important because it helps Officer Bob learn about his car and get a feel for the job. Object of the game. The object of the game is to drive Officer Bob's police cruiser through the streets in the playfield area, catching criminals and helping citizens while trying to gain points or money by achieving the day's assigned quota without accruing too many demerits. Title Screen After the APB card is inserted into the links, the silent title screen with a white background appears. Across the top half of the screen is the title in a large, bold, red, white, and blue font without the periods on a bright blue box with the words All Points Bulletin in white font beneath straddling four black horizontal lines. Below the blue box in small black block lettering is... 
TM, Atari Games Corporation, licensed to Tengen. Copyright 1990, Tengen Incorporated, all rights reserved. Copyright 1991, Atari Corporation, licensed to Atari Corp. Adaptation by Quicksilver Software, Incorporated. The attract screen. After a few seconds, or if the A or B button is pressed, the title screen goes blank and then reappears as the attract screen music by Dave Bean begins playing. This screen consists of the letters APB without the periods across the top two-thirds of the screen in a narrow italicized font of solid blue with white stars all inside of a solid blue box. Below the title is a spinning blue, white, and purple police car that fades in and out as the credits appear one after the other below the spinning graphic in capital white block lettering. The credits include Tengen Incorporated, all rights reserved, then copyright 1991 Atari Corp, then License to Atari Corp., then Adaptation by, then Quicksilver Software Inc., then Rob Barris Programming Sound, then Shan Chastain Graphics Backgrounds, then Arlene M. Caberto Graphics Backgrounds, then Dave Nelson Graphics Backgrounds, then Dave Bean Music, then William C. Fisher Movie Projector, and then finally Special Thanks Steve Rhino. The credits at the bottom then cycle back to the beginning. After pressing the A or B button, the attract screen fades out and the quota screen scrolls up from the bottom. The quota screen. This screen depicts a black background on a blue grid consisting of the day number at the top in white font with the day's quota name and graphic listed below as the quota screen music begins playing. Officer Bob starts his career on the police training course. This first day is important because it helps Officer Bob learn about his car and to get a feel for the job, as I said. So, to start off a new game, the quota screen always displays the quota required as two traffic cones for day one. From day two forward, the quota screen displays the day number, along with the graphics and names of the criminal offenders and or violators for that day, followed by the number of crooks Officer Bob needs to catch to complete the day's quota. I'll list the criminal offenders and violators shortly. After a few seconds, or if either the A or B button is pressed, the quota screen and music fade out, and you are taken to the gameplay mode, which I will describe shortly. The gameplay screen. The gameplay screen is divided into two sections. The right side of the screen, called the information area, shows information about Officer Bob's progress towards the day's quotas. The left side includes the playfield area, where the action in the game takes place. The information area. This area with a blue background includes at the top the score in dollars that has been accrued so far in the game in white font. Below that is the time remaining in Officer Bob's shift, also in white font. 
Beneath that is a green bar depicting the amount of fuel remaining in Officer Bob's patrol car, and finally below that are hash marks in red that indicate the demerits that Officer Bob has accrued during the shift so far. And at the bottom of the information area are listed in white the number of criminal offenders and or violators remaining in the day's quota, along with the corresponding white hash marks. As Officer Bob catches the crooks, the white hash marks slowly disappear. When all of the white hash marks are gone, Officer Bob may return to headquarters to increase his score. The Playfield Area This area consists of a top-down view of the streets, roads, and obstacles of a typical city, all against a blue background. There are only a few buildings depicted, such as the donut shops, gas stations, and the headquarters building. Gameplay Mode when the quota screen fades out, the gameplay screen with the playfield area on the left and the information area on the right comes into view and the gameplay music plays. From this point, playing the game is fairly straightforward. You pilot Officer Bob's patrol car around the streets, attempting to catch offenders and violators while avoiding hazards that result in demerits. You do this by using the D-pad to steer the car, the B button to accelerate, and the A button to turn on the siren. Pressing option 1 will fire your gun if you have one. Officer Bob must face a variety of criminals, most of whom are traffic violators. To arrest a traffic violator, Officer Bob must point his crosshair at the offender and turn on the siren. Some violators can only be stopped if you hit them while blaring the siren. Officer Bob's shift ends when he completes his quota, indicated in the information area with the words, Quotas Met, in white letters, whereupon he then returns to headquarters. Yeah. Indicated by a parking spot labeled, OFCR Bob, with a white star in the middle, to end his shift. His shift also ends if either his patrol car runs out of fuel or when the clock reaches zero. At this point, the gameplay screen is replaced with the scoring screen. The scoring screen. This screen consists of the information area on the right where the points, or dollars, for the shift are tallied and compared to the daily quota along with any bonus points. The playfield area is replaced with a light blue background with an animated graphic of Sergeant Mulrooney mumbling the phrase, Good work, displayed in a speech balloon as Officer Bob stands by his side, picking his teeth with a toothpick. Afterwards, the next day's quota screen scrolls up from the bottom, followed by the gameplay mode for that day. The game continues in a daily fashion for up to and possibly even beyond 99 days until Officer Bob accrues more than 10 demerits, which automatically ends his career as a patrolman. The criminal offenders and violators. Here are the possible criminal offenders and or violators that Officer Bob will encounter during the gameplay mode. Litterbugs. People start pollution. People can stop it. Who throw objects from their cars and are depicted as a car with a tray or fast food cups on top. Honkers or honking taxis. You talking to me? You talking to me? Who speed and blow their horns and are depicted as a yellow car with a checkerboard pattern on the top and bottom. Dopers. Hey, you want to get high, man? This howdy duty got wooden balls, man. I got a joint here, man. I've been saving for a special occasion. No who smoke illegal substances in the back of their trucks and are depicted as a long blue pickup truck with a red cab, 
hitchers or hitchhikers. I'm hitchhiking. How far are you going? Hey, look, how far are you going? To the end of this fence. Okay. Who stand by the side of the road looking for a free ride and are depicted as a small brown red and green mosaic with the letters LA in a red box at the lower left. Distressed vehicles labeled as help. Which are broken down autos and whose drivers shout for help as Officer Bob approaches. These are depicted as the same icon as the hitchhikers. Drunks. Excuse me, have you ever been in Schenectady? No, I never was in Schenectady. Neither was I. It must have been a couple other guys. Who weave down the road into orange trucks and are depicted as a long red orange truck. Assault bikers, labeled as assaults. He was horrible. The lone biker of the apocalypse. Who throw explosives into the air and are depicted as a long black and white motorcycle. Murderers. Here's Johnny. Who throw dynamite out of their cars and are depicted as a long dark vehicle with a dynamite stick on top. And finally, speeders, who drive around in souped-up red cars terrorizing the road and are depicted as a large, solid red car. In addition, there are occasional alerts released after the scoring screen that outline a crook on the loose that needs apprehending. The alerts consist of a large mugshot of one of the 15 different grungy gangsters on the left of a blue checkered briefing room wall. The words, Catch This Crook! are displayed below the mugshot in flashing red and white letters as the crook's name, crime, and last known location cycle through below that in white letters. A graphic of Sergeant Mulrooney standing at the briefing room podium and pointing to a photo of the crook's vehicle is displayed on the right. The silhouettes of several policemen's heads can be seen in the foreground of the briefing room. The shop. Usually, every other day, the police force budget allows Officer Bob to stop at gas station shops where power-ups to the patrol car can be purchased using the accrued money. These power-ups include acceleration, which gives more power for quick starts, brakes, which make the patrol car stop faster, higher speed, which raise the top speed available, radar, which zaps other cars to give you their speed, thus providing more points when an arrest is made, and a gun, which can be used to take out a criminal. Demerits. Officer Bob gets a demerit whenever he does something wrong or fails to meet his quota. If he gets 10 demerits, he will lose his job and go back to civilian life. Whenever he gets a demerit, a hash mark appears next to the demerit icon in the information area. The following actions result in a demerit. Running over a pedestrian. Running into any object that makes the patrol car explode. Running into cars without using the siren. Running out of gas. And failing to meet the daily quota. One demerit for each missed quota mark. Also, one demerit is erased for each 5,000 points or dollars that are earned or when Officer Bob finds certain money bags. Game Strategies From the manual, Chasing down murderers is risky business for Officer Bob. He never knows when dynamite could end up in his lap. Help him avoid getting blown up while catching the bad guys. Look for donuts everywhere, including at donut shops, donut huts, or scattered alongside the road. Picking them up adds time to the clock, providing Officer Bob with extra time to continue his pursuits. Running over money bags that are hidden all over the city results in random treasures, such as bonus points, hints, and erased demerits. But sometimes they include bombs that will blow up Officer Bob. Sometimes criminals can be found off-road. 
Using the siren too often keeps criminals straight. This may make the city safer, but Officer Bob will never meet his quota. And be careful using the gun if you have one. Hitting innocent vehicles will earn you a demerit. And finally, press A and B buttons simultaneously to quickly bypass the screens between levels. Scoring. Here is how the scoring is awarded to Officer Bob during gameplay. Cones. (laughs) Are worth five points or dollars each. Arresting a honking taxi is 25 points. A doper is worth 50 points. A distressed driver or a hitchhiker is worth 75 points. A drunk driver is worth 100 points. A litterer is worth 155 points. An assault biker is worth 200 points. Arresting a murderer garners 300 points. Getting donuts... Time to make the donuts. ...adds time to the clock. And retrieving a money bag earns Officer Bob one of the following. 50, 500, or 5,000 points. A hint. Extra time. A booby trap. A loss of one demerit. All demerits erased. Or a completion of the daily quota. Bonus points or money are awarded in the following fashion. Officer Bob receives double points after the daily quota is met or when the radar is used. 25 points per second left on the clock are awarded when Officer Bob meets his quota and successfully returns to headquarters. 20 points are awarded per quota item met. 5 points per gallon of fuel are awarded for remaining fuel in the 18-gallon gas tank. 2,000 early bird bonus points are awarded if Officer Bob meets his quota and returns to headquarters before the clock runs out. 1,000 points are awarded if Officer Bob completes his daily quota without any demerits. And the APB capture yields 1,000 to 15,000 points. Game ending. That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. The game ends when Officer Bob accrues 10 demerits. At that point, the playfield area changes to a top-down cutscene of Sergeant Mulrooney breathing fire on Officer Bob, with the dialogue balloon showing lousy cop. (laughs) Across the bottom, in red letters, are the words, Too many demerits. And below that, in white letters, is quotas not met. After a few seconds, the screen changes to an overhead animated cutscene of a paddy wagon. Kids, ask your parents or grandparents what a paddy wagon is. With its rear doors open, an officer gets out of the back of the paddy wagon and is joined by two more officers who all pull Officer Bob out of his patrol car, car 54, which is parked at the center of the screen. The officers then do a search of Officer Bob spread eagle against the side of his patrol car, and then they throw Officer Bob into the back of the paddy wagon and slam the door shut as the words, You are fired, appear in white letters across the top. One of the cops then climbs into the driver's seat of Officer Bob's patrol car and then closes the door. The screen then changes back to the title screen while the title screen music begins again. This time, at the top of the screen, the high score is listed at the top left under the word high, and the last score is listed under the word last at the top right, all in white letters. And that, my fellow officers, is how you play APB. The Atari Lynx Handycast will return after this brief vintage advert. On some Atari Lynx games, you can link up four players. But there's only ever one winner. Atari Lynx, the portable video arcade. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh. 
ratings. I found a complete police blotter of reviews for APB All Points Bulletin, and most of them were decidedly mixed in their opinions of the game. And remember, Linksters, that the links to the full text of each review can be found in the links links in the show notes. So let's take the cruiser and patrol our rounds. Hey, let's be careful out here. Review. David Upchurch on page 69 of the August 1991 issue, number 47, of the UK magazine Ace, Advanced Computer Entertainment, called APB, quote, a classic example of a good conversion of a pretty uninteresting coin-op. He went on to say that the humorously rendered scenario in cutesy graphics helps sustain interest, but the samey-looking streets soon become tiresome and not a little dull. Fans of the coin-op will be more than happy with this, but others would be advised to try before they buy. Upchurch gave the game an ace rating of 700 out of 1,000. Review. Paul Glancy on page 36 in the August 1991 issue, number 117, of the UK magazine Computer and Video Games, said, APB is a lot of laughs to play, and it includes a load of the arcade game's sampled speech, which really livens things up. Even if you weren't a fan of the coin-op, this is well worth looking up. Glancy gave the graphics 79%, the sound 92%, the playability 88%, and the last ability, whatever that is, a score of 87% for an overall score of 88%. Review. Julian Boardman, on page 32 in the August 1991 issue, number 17, of the UK magazine Rays, described APB as a game with a sense of humor that is tricky to master. It also includes great sound with a number of different spoken responses to vary the action when you make an arrest. Boardman gave the graphics 85%, the sound 87%, and the playability 82% for an overall score of 83%. Review. The review crew on page 27 of the October 1991 issue, number 22, of Electronic Gaming Monthly magazine gave these assessments of APB All Points Bulletin. Steve gave the game a 6 out of 10 rating, saying, APB was a prime example of a player's game when it was released in the arcades. The game is packed with plenty to interact with, but eventually proved too complicated for most players. It gets a second chance, and even though some parts are gone, it's still pretty good. Ed also gave the game a rating of 6 out of 10, saying that APB is a very good translation of the arcade game. The action sequences are well done, although scaled back quite a bit, unfortunately, to the point where there isn't enough variety to hold a player's interest as some of their other titles do. The parkway scene is especially well done. Martin gave APB a 5 out of 10 rating, saying, This is a good translation of the arcade game, and the voices are extremely well done. The gameplay is very repetitive and leaves much to be desired. The graphics are only average as far as Lynx games go. This cart just lacks the intensity that it needs to stay interesting. And finally, Sushi X gave the game a rating of 6 out of 10, saying, APB on the Lynx isn't what I expected, but it's okay. I was looking forward to some cool scrolling and scaling, but none of it was present. The Lynx is capable of so much more. I wish I'd see more games like Ninja Gaiden or Clax. Review. An undated review at GameFabrique.com by an unknown author said this about the game. APB is a top cop cart. It's extremely fast moving and challenging. The colorful graphics are very detailed and well rendered. Check out all the little details on the buildings and at the sides of the road. 
The music and sound effects are also well done, featuring amused digitized voices, which cheer you on and guide you throughout the game. APB is a solid, entertaining links hit, sure to please video rookies and veterans alike. Review Veteran writer Robert A. Jung's 1999 review of APB, which was posted at IGN.com and updated in 2018, ends with this verdict. APB on the Lynx is a decent adaptation of the original game and offers a refreshing variety to video gaming. The gameplay is fair and is enhanced by some very appropriate and entertaining sound and graphics. For people hooked on the arcade title and players interested in a slightly silly change of pace, Officer Bob is waiting with a box of donuts. Jung gave APB an overall rating of 8.5 out of 10. Review Jay DeLuna at Game FAQs said this about APB in his 1999 review. APB is flat out deficient in control and replay aspects. What makes it even more frustrating is the fact that both deficiencies are a result of the Lynx format. The controls wouldn't be a problem if you had a joystick, and the lack of a password system wouldn't be nearly as bad on a home console. When you're sitting down to a console game, you've got time to play through but a portable game demands a fast pace, and APB requires time to fully enjoy it. Don't get me wrong, APB is a wonderful game, it's great fun, just find it on another format. He gave the game a 6 rating out of 10. Review Casket Dark Fire at Game FAQs said this about APB in his 2002 review. APB is a great title for The Lynx and shouldn't be overlooked for another action title. With the amount of games that you can find for the links, you may have a hard time getting into the more enjoyable games without running into the strange ones along the way. The control is a little twisted and it takes some practice, but the game is virtually unchanged from the original arcade release. And if you're into collecting links games, then this one should be on the top of your list, not only because it's fun, but also because the game is rather hard to get your hands on if you're a collector. Hmm, I guess APB was hard to find in 2002. He gave the game a 7 rating out of 10. Review In his 2004 review at defunctgames.com, author Cyril Lachell played all 99 levels of APB in a mammoth session on the links and then asked, Why is the game not played in a vertical screen? I mean, the arcade game was. What's with this widescreen APB? He then went on to say, That doesn't make any sense to me, but the game plays well enough for me to recommend even with these minor complaints. And he also says, You're not likely to find a better adaptation of this game anywhere else. I have to say that it's well worth owning. I just wish it were better. Lachelle gave the game a rating of B-. Review Lucas Williams at RetroGamer.com said this about APB in his 2009 review. I love having the odd stab at this. I think this is one of the most overlooked games in Atari's canon. Playing it on the links is not without its difficulties. Graphically and sonically, it's a great representation of the original, but the D-pad is not the ideal method for steering your police cruiser. A top port of a great game. Sure gets tricky later on, though. Review Embedded within his lengthy 2016 review of the arcade version of APB at FRGCB, blogger FRGCB Dude was not kind to the Lynx port of the game, saying... While the Lynx version feels quite immediate with the car's handling and using the siren, the car's handling is a bit temperamental. It turns slower and faster randomly with no basis on your traveling speed, so you will often find yourself doing a U-turn at high speed when you were trying to change the lane. I'd say not recommended at all. Review 
The usually eternally negative video game critic lived up to his moniker with his review of APB, saying this about the game in his 2005 review. Games like APB were one reason why the Lynx never gained much traction. APB has arcade-style graphics, funny animations, and comical voice samples. So why did it have to be so hard to play? He gave the game a D rating. Review. Finally, John Mack at AtariGamer.com said this when summarizing APB in his 2019 review of the game. APB is a good arcade experience that is certainly unique and not without entertainment value. Though the controls aren't perfect and the graphics are often less than exciting, this is a solid little game that promises rewards for those who invest the time to learn each city suburb and its secrets, of which there are many. Personally, I can see myself trying to progress in APB every so often, gradually learning the level nuances and trying to achieve my quota. It's a decent title, and I'm sure APB will be a favorite among many Lynx players, especially when enjoyed over a hot cinnamon donut. I'd sell my soul for a donut! John gave the game the following ratings. Graphics, 7.5. Sound, 9. Controls, 6.5. Challenge, 9. Playability, 7.5. And he gave APB an overall score of 7.5 out of 10. Mark's Review As is usual with most Lynx arcade ports, I myself never played the original arcade game, so I can't compare this version of the game to the coin-op. But in playing the Lynx port, I found a lot that I liked and a lot that I didn't like. What I like? Well, I like the humor in the game. It really elevates the game from a boring driving exercise to a much more enjoyable experience. And the end of game cutscene of Officer Bob being yanked out of car 54 and placed into the paddy wagon is especially well done and funny. But I also really like the voice samples that were apparently lifted from the coin-op. Not only do they augment the humor level, but they are also pivotal in maneuvering Car 54 throughout the streets by providing clues to what and who are lurking just off screen. And of course, I really appreciate the game's creators for paying an homage to one of my favorite silly 1960s sitcoms. What I don't like. I think this game definitely would have been much more playable if it had been designed in portrait or vertical mode as the arcade version was. It is hard enough to determine how and where to pilot the patrol car in the game on such a small screen, but that difficulty increases quite a bit when the screen size is shoehorned into only half of the landscape Lynx screen. But my biggest gripe is the control scheme. I just couldn't get used to it. Trying to hold down the B button to accelerate the car, then the A button off and on as well to blare the siren, all while using the D-pad to try tight turns around corners while avoiding hazards, makes for a less than satisfying gameplay experience for me. Other than those complaints, I suppose that APB is a fun enough game to play given the time to get better at the controls, but I wouldn't consider this a daily go-to title for the Lynx. Having said all of that and not trying to be nonchalant about it, here are my ratings for APB. Gameplay 3 Lynx, Graphics 3 Lynx, Controls 1 Lynx, Music 2 Lynx, and Sound Effects 3 Lynx. And that makes my overall rating for the game 2.4 Lynx out of 5. And that completes my coverage of reviews for APB. The Atari Lynx Handycast will return after this podcast promotion. 
Berg, where should I go if I'm interested in learning about Atari games? Atari 2600 games? Yeah. Well, you could check out my podcast, the Atari 2600 Game by Game podcast. Is there a list somewhere where I can get all of the shows and I can figure out which show I want to hear first? Yes, there is. Now, my friend Jose has made that very list that you're speaking of, and you can find that at 2600gamebygamepodcast.blogspot.com if you check in the link section. Okay. And, and would you be doing more of these shows? I'll be doing every one of these games for the 2600, so I'll be doing this and for another decade. <laughs> every single game? Every single game. I'll take it. How much do you want? I don't want anything. It's free. <gasps> Atari 2600 Game by Game Podcast. Also available on iTunes. I'm 82 years old, but as you can see, I'm very active for my age. I exercise, I eat right, but sometimes I need something more. That's why I talk to my doctor about tube tunes. Tube Tunes is an approved prescription podcast for those active men and women of all ages who suffer from mild to severe bouts of television theme music withdrawal or TTMW. This rare non-genetic disorder is easily treatable for most sufferers, especially if it is diagnosed in its early stages. Tube Tunes is not a cure for TTMW, but studies have shown that this podcast is more than 73% effective in reducing the common symptoms of TTMW, such as nostalgia, melancholia, absent-mindedness, and excessive humming of TV theme music without apparent cause. Tube Tunes is not for everyone. The podcast is not recommended for those suffering from tone deafness, or an acute aversion to recorded TV theme music, both current and from the past. Do not listen to Tube Tunes if you're more than 10 months pregnant, if you were born in a month with a K in it, or if you possess an inexplicable fondness for Brussels sprouts. Side effects include an increase in memory, nostalgic effervescence, toe tapping, and even singing. Ask your doctor if Tube Tunes is right for you. Tube Tunes worked for me, and it could work for you too. My TTMW is in check, I've become ebullient, and my girlfriend says that even my sex life is improved. Tube Tunes is the only podcast that has helped me get my life back. Thanks, Tube Tunes. Get a prescription today for Tube Tunes at tubetunes.net or at your local iTunes or Stitcher store and start living today. Use only as directed. Do a thing, Arthur. I hate Captain Block. I hate Captain Block. Fun facts and trivia. Here are some of the fun facts and trivia that I found for APB All Points Bulletin. Prices at eBay. There were five loose carts of APB sold in the last 90 days, ranging from $11 to $37.86, averaging $19.50. Three of them were sold in the UK. There were two single cart manual combos sold, one at $2.99 and one at $14.99, averaging $8.97. There was a single complete-in-box copy of APB sold in the UK that went for $20.75. There were four single NIBs sold, three of them from the same seller, that ranged in price from $19.90 up to $19.95, averaging $19.94. 
There was one empty APB box that went for $5 flat. And finally, there was a single NIB of APB that included a working boxed Lynx 2 console and a pouch that sold as a lot for $249.99. Prices at other retailers. Bruce Carso at BNC Computer Visions in the US is selling APB for $19.95 for an NIB, $14.95 for an NIB with a damaged box, $14.95 for a cart manual combo, and $5 for a box only. You can find them through his online store on eBay under the username MyAtari. Bradley Coda at Best Electronics is selling loose carts of APB for $14.95 and CIB copies of the game for $19.95. This information was last updated on the site on September 24, 2023, so be sure to check the Best Electronics website for updated availability and prices. The Gamesman in Australia has a CIB copy of APB, selling for $34.95 Australian. The Goat Store is currently selling a CIB copy of APB for $24.99 and a CIB copy with a damaged box for $21.99. Telegames in the UK is selling CIB copies of APB for £19.99, including VAT. And finally, Lance Rinquist at Video 61 and Atari Sales is selling NIB copies of APB for $24.95. Values. Digital Press gives APB a value of $12 for a loose cartridge. Pricecharting.com gives the game a value of $11.99 for a loose cartridge, $15 for a CIB, and $19.95 for an NIB copy. And on rarityguide.com, APB is given a value of $13 for a new inbox copy, $6 for a complete inbox copy, and $3 for a loose cartridge. Rarity. Atari Age gives APB a rarity score of 3, which is scarce. Scarce cartridges are those that you don't find in every pile, but you will find them often enough. Although you may have trouble tracking down every scarce cartridge initially, you can eventually get them all. AtariGamer.com gives APB a rarity score of 23 out of 100, which is common. A little harder to find and starting to get some value. Digital Press provides a rarity score of 0 for a loose cart of APB, and RarityGuide.com gives the game a rarity rating of 18% out of 100%. High scores. Playing APB in emulation, the top scores at HighScore.com were 3,615 points set by Frost in Kildare, Ireland on January 30th, 2019, and 3,505 points set by Kernsey in London, England on October 16th, 2014. At Twin Galaxies, the top scores for APB were 709,680 points set by Ed Hershey on August 12th, 2005, and 8,525 points set by Brian King on March 13, 2002. And there was one high score listed for APB on the Atari Age Lynx High Score Club, which was compiled in 2011. And it was for Ninjaba, who achieved a score of 51,170 points. My own high score for APB was a measly 4,400 points before getting fired at the end of playing Day 2 on October 14, 2023. If collecting demerits was a good thing, I'd be a pro at APB. Cheats, hints, and Easter eggs. To double your fuel. On Highway 12, you will find gas pumps right next to each other. Park directly in the middle of the two pumps, and the gas pumps twice as fast. To skip a level, if you hold down the Option 1 and Option 2 buttons and run into or through the donut shop, 
Your quota will be filled and you will be returned to the station and proceed to the next level. And finally, to skip day 99, when your quota is met, hold down the option 1 and 2 button when you touch the Officer Bob parking space. This will warp you to day 99. The game will not end, it will just repeat day 99 with random quotas. So, with that little parking ticket, herein completes the fun facts and trivia that I have for APB. The Atari Lynx Handycast will return after this brief vintage advert. Can anyone handle the power of color? Atari Lynx, the portable video arcade. Lynx, so packed with action. Racked with attraction. Stacked with more games for total satisfaction. It'll blow you away. Lynx, more fun and games from Atari. Listen to feedback. I received quite a bit of listener feedback across the police dispatch radio for APB All Points Bulletin, which includes no less than five audio submissions. So let's finish our beat today by listening to what other Linksters have to say about APB. Facebook comments and messages. I got this comment on the Atari Lynx Sector Facebook page from Kieran Hawken of the Laird's Laird YouTube channel. Another cracking episode, Mark. I feel like I co-hosted this one. I was mentioned so much. Three laughing faces. Well, we aims to please, Kieran. And thanks for the kind words. And we'll hear more from Kieran in the audio submission section coming up for this episode. Atari Age Comments and Messages After posting that Episode 22 Paperboy was now available on the Atari Age Links forums, I received this comment from Eugenio. Downloaded. Thanks. You're quite welcome, Eugenio. Oh, oh. Johannes Mutlu said this about Paperboy. I bought Paperboy recently for the Atari Lynx, and while it is a good port, it does lack the two-player support from the NES, the Game Boy, and the arcade version, which I consider abysmal. I mean, why they didn't add two-player support in the Lynx is absolutely beyond me. There's no excuse to leave that out on the Lynx. Another thing I will never understand is that while Atari's Paperboy did appear on dozens of other systems, including Sega and Nintendo systems, but it did not appear on the Atari 2600, 5200, and 7800, and while I know that Atari pulled the plug on the 5200 in 1984, what kind of abysmal decision was it not to bring Paperboy for any Atari 8-bit systems? It only came out on the Atari ST and on the Atari Lynx systems. What were they thinking? Damn, I'm still surprised that the Lynx version lacks two-player support. Well, thank you, Johannes Mutlu, for your insightful, if not anger-filled, gripe posting for the Atari Lynx version of Paperboy. Oh, oh. Damon Plus posted this. I have to say I really enjoy your podcasts. They have become a classic to listen to in summers going back and forth from work. Looking forward to episode 24. Well, thank you, Damon Plus. You must be a fan of Rygar, as am I, which is the game I'll be covering in the next episode, episode 24. Until then, keep on linksing, Damon. Oh, oh. Turbo Laser Links said this. Yeah, I've always been enjoying the Handicast, too. It can be a bit disheartening with a low amount of feedback when you do nice stuff for a niche system within a niche hobby. 
I will say that the situation has become even a bit worse since retro gaming has become increasingly popular. It feels like there's a hundred games a month coming out for the retro platforms at this point. I suppose there might be a degree of overexposure now, and it becomes impossible to keep up with it all. However, hopefully you will find the inspiration to continue with the Handicast at some point. Yes, Turbo Laser Links, I have. And all the points you make are valid indeed. Thanks so much for the feedback. Emails. You've got mail. I got two emails for this month's game. The first one is from Scott Rhodes, the veteran Atari Lynx manual writer. Here's what he remembers about writing the manual instructions for APB. Hi, Mark. Nice to hear from you. I remember doing it, but I think it might have been one of those quickies, one where I got a batch of several games that I had to do in a short time. I don't have strong memories of it. I enjoyed playing it, I think, but I probably only had time to play it enough to write the instructions. I could tell you a little bit about the process for the posters. I'd get the game and write the text, then give it to the artist with my suggestions for the art. It wasn't a real storyboard in that I didn't sketch anything out, but it was kind of a written storyboard. I'd write all the copy with inserts that said things like show a deserted dangerous looking street or add a screenshot showing such and such. They were collaborative in that way. Bill and Ted was one of the first posters we did and much of it follows my suggestions. I think by the time we did APB, we had the process down pretty well, and that poster is probably a combination of my ideas and the artist's concepts. Wish I remember that one better. Was your email really sent from a TI-994A? That's so cool. When I bought my first computer, I wasn't sure whether to get a C64, an Atari, or the TI. It ended up coming down to the 64 and the TI, and I just went with the 64. Never regretted the choice but I still really wanted the TI as well. When I see one of those TIs, I still get that feeling I had back then of wanting one so bad. Keep well, Scott. Well, thank you so much for sharing your memories, Scott, and also for keeping us updated about any manuals that you wrote back in the day for Atari Lynx games. And no, I didn't send the email from my TI-994A. It's just a silly signature I have on my iPhone email. I just don't have the initiative to try to get my actual 99 hooked up to the internet. But I digress. Anyway, again I thank you, Scott, for the interview that you did with me in episode IN02 of The Handicast. Linksters, if you haven't done so already, please check out that interview with Scott. It was a lot of fun. And as usual, I received an email from Eugenio, TrekMD at Atari Age. Here's what he said about APB. Hello, Mark. I hope all is well. I'm in Orlando right now, taking some time off to enjoy Christmas in the parks. There is something I try to do every year, and even with COVID, I've been able to do. So that means my feedback for today's game will be a little shorter than usual. APB is another arcade port to the Lynx, a fact I did not learn until years later. Since I've never seen the arcade, I can only compare the Lynx port based on videos of the arcade original. Regardless of the version though, the game clearly takes advantage of that stereotype of cops eating donuts. The game graphics are good, and even the cutscenes from the arcade are included. The sound effects and the music are also quite good. The control scheme does take some getting used to, but it's not overly difficult to learn. Where the game makes things tough is in the gameplay, though. Man, this is not an easy game to learn. That doesn't mean that the game is unplayable. It just means that you have to dedicate some time to learn what you need to do, and once you do, get ready to have a great time. This learning curve may be off-putting for some players, though. From what I can see, this game must have been quite the quarter-eating experience. So, that's all for today. Going Going to the the final final frontier, frontier. Gaming. gaming!
Eugenio. Well, thank you, Eugenio, for your insightful email. Like yourself, I had never played the arcade version of APB, but I understand that the coin-op included a steering wheel like a real car, so perhaps that is why the Lynx port's controls are so difficult to get used to. As I've already stated, I do like the cutscenes and the humor, including the donut-eating police stereotype. I'm glad that you were able, eventually, to have a good time with the game. I guess, as you said, the learning curve for me, at least, is still off-putting, but I promise to keep practicing at it. As always, Eugenio, thank you for your feedback. Please take care, and cheers. Audio submissions. I received more audio submissions this month than I've ever gotten for a single episode. I've gotten no less than five of them, all of them covering this month's game, APB. The first audio submission I received about APB was from Bobby Tribble. Let's hear what he said about the game. Paperboy was a smash hit because of its fun gameplay mixed with its humor. So, of course, Atari followed that up with APB, with even more humor, more gameplay, and it went on to be an even bigger hit in the arcades than Paperboy. Well, that's not true. Um, Actually, I consider APB to be among the really lesser-known Atari arcade titles. Uh, You know, maybe games that only arcade fans would know, like Shoes, Guardians of the Hood, Relief Pitcher, Off the Wall. Uh, These are not Atari arcade games that most people have heard of. So, why was Paperboy such a hit, but APB not so much? Um, APB has a lot of the style, charm, irreverent humor of Paperboy, but is maybe a bit too complicated for its own good. Um, I never saw APB in the arcades when it first came out in 1987, but the arcade machine did finally appear at the local Southland Mall arcade in the early 90s. I tried it out a few times and actually didn't quite understand how the game worked. So when I got the Lynx version, that uh, Lynx version was a good tutorial on how to, you know, actually play the game. Um, That home port was way more accessible. It really tones down the difficulty, has a more laid-back pace, and makes pulling over the criminals a lot easier. Um, Maybe this game actually works better as a home game than an arcade game. Uh, Why was such an oddball game put out in the arcades anyway? Well, I remember uh, at a game convention, I think it was California Extreme, there was a panel discussion of uh, Atari Arcade programmers. Um, I haven't been able to track down exactly who said this, but I remember hearing the thinking of Atari management at the time, according to these people, was that they had to create new games. New being very strictly adhered to. The example that they gave was that they wanted to make a driving game, but Atari management said, uh, no, we don't need a driving game. We already have one. It's called Pole Position. So programmers went out of their way to create new concepts. How about driving up the wall or driving on the ceiling or driving in a tube? Um, so in this environment, I can see how a concept like APB might have been created. Um, it's actually kind of difficult to describe what type of game this is. Um, it kind of resembles uh, even the original top-down Grand Theft Auto uh, game, come to think of it. Another thing about the arcade is that it has a really weird control scheme. A gas pedal, steering wheel, and two buttons. One button, the siren button, which is constantly used, and the other gun button, which is used not so much. The Lynx version is smart. It eliminates the gun button, uh, the kind of uh, unnecessary choking the criminal scene, cuts that out, 
and it makes the map more open to exploration. These are all great changes to make to a home port. I'd call it a complete success to what must have been a challenging conversion. And, best of all, it keeps the voices and has good approximations of the sound and music as well. So it's really surprising how much Atari packed into this Link cartridge while keeping the spirit of the arcade game alive. So, I heartily recommend APB not only as a home conversion, but as a kind of home adaptation. In fact, you can learn the game of APB before you go to your local arcade and spend your quarters on it, which is totally something you can do in 2021. So anyway, uh, APB gets a baker's dozen donuts from me, and it will eat them for your lunch or something. Ha! Huh. Well, thank you, Bobby. First of all, I really love your observations about the game. I too appreciate the irreverent humor in the game. There's no question that the Lynx port is a bit complicated. But you bring up an interesting point that it can serve as a tutorial for playing the coin-op. And I do hope, in the time since you sent me your audio submission, you've been able to find out which Atari programmer was the one who remembered that management was not interested in any new driving games because they already had pole position. Come to think of it, I think a Lynx port of pole position might have been an interesting addition to the Lynx library if there weren't already so many driving games already for the console. Checkered Flag, Road Blasters, Hard Driving, and Stun Runner, just to name a few. Finally, I think what redeems the Lynx version of APB are the voices that have been included from the coin-op. All in all, it sounds like you really liked the game, giving it a baker's dozen of donuts. Thanks, as always, for your feedback, Bobby, and I look forward to your next submission. Cheers! Oh, oh. The second audio submission I received is from Brian in Albuquerque, the creator and host of the Ballistic Coffee Boy, the Atari Show channel on YouTube. Let's listen to what Brian has to say about APB and also about his recent infatuation with the Atari Lynx. Hey Mark, this is Brian in Albuquerque with my review of All Points Bulletin for the Atari Lynx. So when I first got this game, I actually got it in um, my Lynx bundle that I bought on eBay um, a few months ago. It came with the Lynx um, in, a, in the Lynx case, um, the little deluxe case, with about 12 different games. Um, some of the games had manuals. And this one actually had the poster, which is nice. Um, really nice poster. I love the poster with the officer. Looks like he's having a really bad day on it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I had to be honest. I didn't really get this game um, its fair shake whenever I got that. I got my McWheel modded links with like the 12 games because there were so many I wanted to play, like Gates of Zendikon and... Um, Paperboy and some other ones that had come with. Um, but yeah, um, so went back and played this game um, for this uh, episode you're doing. And I got to level two. I think I, my score was 2975. <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, it, it's quite a hard level um, with the little donuts coming out the door and 
with the crazy drivers and <laughs> I think I got 15 demerits and I got fired. So, um, really hard level, but, um, yeah, this game, I, I actually love the art style of this game. I like the personality, um, of this game. Every Lynx game seems to have a unique personality and I, um, that's really important to me. Um, makes games stand out. makes me want to play them again. Um, so yeah, um, this game, um, as I said, I love the art style, love the sound. I love, um, lots of things about it. Um, and, uh, it, um, it, it can be quite hard though. Um, the driving sometimes gets on my nerves, but, um, um, the, the little guide that you have to follow around, um, sometimes that got annoying, but I also know they had to do something right. So you know which direction you're going. So I, um, I was able to let that go. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, um, it's an interesting game. Um, and it's kind of funny. I remember this game in the arcade, I think when I was younger, um, I remember seeing APB in the arcade and, um, I think I played it once or twice and didn't really know. I didn't get the hang of it. I, I was young. So, um, I think, um, so, um, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm so glad you decided to review this game because it, it gave me a chance to give it its fair, um, shake, you know, to give it justice. Um, and yeah, I would, I would have to say considering everything, considering it can be kind of hard, but it's got a great art style and great personality, great characters. I love how, for instance, um, when you get fired, you know, the chief sets you on fire. And then I also like whenever you do well, um, and you meet all your quotas, you get, uh, you, you know, your, your boss is talking to you and it's all wonka, 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 like from the peanuts, you know? Um, I like those little elements they added in, um, gives it a lot of character. So, um, so yeah, um, I'll definitely put this in my rotation of games to play. Um, and so I can play it some more and, um, get more into it. I would like to get further than level two or three <laughs> to see what lies ahead, you know? Um, but yeah, um, I would have to give this game probably a B. Um, I probably wouldn't play it all the time. Um, but I'll definitely give it, um, um, some more airtime for sure. I'll put it in my rotation and play it some more. It, it's fun. Um, I would have to say the four, um, games I play right now are prop the most are probably Miss Pac-Man, uh, Robotron, um, I love Rampage and Road Blasters. Those are kind of my pick up and play games that I that are just so easy to pick up and play and are fun. This game takes a little more thought, but it's also fun. Um, so, uh, but I, I wanted to l let you know too. Um, I listen to your podcast sometimes at the gym when I'm on the uh, when I'm on the treadmill. I've also listened to Ferg's podcast that way and Shinto's podcast, um, which I leave reviews on all three now. Um, I left Shinto a review of his upcoming episode, which I think is Rayman, but that one's been kind of in production for a, quite a while now. Um, and I, and I know he's probably busy. I know he'd said recently he was busy on one of his last episodes, um, because there was a while before that one as well. But, um, you, you guys, all of you have, you three are just amazing podcasters and, um, um, you know, listening to your podcast is what made me want to get a link. So, um, um, yeah, but, um, I, we really appreciate everything you and your robot counterpart do. Um, and, um, yeah, um, thanks for bringing this game to light. It's fun. 
so I also wanted to say just really quickly, um, I actually started my own YouTube vintage gaming channel. Um, I had meant to do this like 10 years ago. Um, I'm in my mid forties now, but during the pandemic, um, when I was living alone, um, which I still am, but, um, I, you know, don't have any kids. I'm single. And a lot of my, um, friends have large families and, um, you know, everyone's in their bubble. So I didn't get to see a lot of my friends as often as I'd wanted to. So sometimes going out just in the neighborhood to the grocery store was the highlight of my day. You know, um, I worked from home until this past March. So for like a whole year, that's kind of how it was. So I turned to these podcasts, you know, these three podcasts, um, yours obviously included in that. And that really kept me going, you know, and I appreciate that. It was a gift every day. Sometimes I would wake up and be like, you know, I can't wait to listen to Mark's next episode that's in my rotation, you know, because I started from the beginning with you after I listened to a couple um, and everyone else too. So Shinto and Ferg as well. But, um, yeah, um, so, um, I wanted to say, uh, yeah, back to what I was saying, I started my own vintage YouTube gaming channel and it's called Ballistic Coffee Boy. That's B-A-L-L-I-S-T-I-K Coffee Boy. And that's all together. And, um, it's been, um, I've had it up for about a couple of months now. I didn't tell you about it last time because I still kind of nervous to talk about it and you know it was all new and scary but yeah um so i have done a deep dive kind of into the links already a few episodes ago you guys will have to check that out i actually pull out the apb poster in that video you'll have to go find it um but yeah i'm at a great time shooting that um and uh you know educating everyone about what a great system the links is um um so please go check that out um, if you guys would like, um, I don't have very many subscribers, um, uh, but I'm really doing this for me as well. It's so fun just to share my knowledge and my experiences and games with everyone. And the gaming community on YouTube has been amazing. I met some great people and I continue to meet great people every week. Um, just a really great community. Um, so yeah, so, um, please check that out. Um, I also do, I, I did a, review of alien versus predator for halloween and i may have been dressed up in something for that so you'll have to check that out um and uh yeah um i also do strict gameplay videos where it's just me and the tv um i don't i don't use any roms i don't hook anything up to my computer i just play the game you know and so that's um a series called No Filter that I do. And I'm, I've, I, I played uh, Mrs. Pac-Man, I believe, in the first episode on the link. So, uh, But anyway, um, aside from all that, I just wanted to say thanks again for everything you do um, and your robotic counterpart there. I wanted to wish you guys a happy holidays and all the listeners as well. Please be safe. Please be kind to strangers. Um, like I was saying when I was alone during the pandemic, which, you know, still alone in the pandemic, but, but last year was probably the hardest. Um, and, um, whenever someone was kind to me, you know, out and about, it made my day. So, um, I would just implore everyone to include, um, uh, those that are single and alone, um, in your life, if you can show them kindness and love. And, um, I guarantee it'll come back to you in spades. So, uh, anyway, thanks so much guys. Have a great holiday. Um, keep on gaming. Um, let's keep the links love alive 
And uh, thanks for yet another great episode, Mark. You're amazing. And uh, we all appreciate you. And we all love what you do. You do a great job. You couldn't do the links any better, I don't think. Um, So thanks again. And have a great holiday. Bye. Well, thank you so much, Brian, for your kind praise of the Handicast. Wonderful feedback like yours makes doing the podcast easier and rewarding for me and for Monty. First of all, I'm glad you already had APB in your collection. Lucky for you that it came with your McWill modded console, right? By the way, did you get a Lynx 1 or a Lynx 2? And it's okay if you didn't give APB a fair try at first. I consider this game as one of the minor titles in the Lynx library, so that's understandable. And I agree with you that Day 2 is a hard level. I never got proficient enough at the controls to get much further in the game than you did. But APB does have a unique style and personality, to say the least, which helps highlight the humor that the programmers incorporated into it. And giving the game a B rating is fair, I think. Brian, I do want to thank you for including the Handicast in your regular rotation of podcasts to listen to during the pandemic and also more recently at the gym. And I'm truly humbled to be included with Ferg and Shinto's podcasts in your rotation, especially as both of them were the inspiration for me to begin this podcast five years ago. Finally, congratulations on getting your YouTube channel up and running. It's a lot of fun to watch, and I will continue to promote your channel here on the Handicast. Please feel free to do so as well in your future audio submissions to the Handicast. So, Linksters out there, if you haven't already done so... You all need to check out Brian's Vintage Retro Gaming channel on YouTube, Ballistic Coffee Boy, That Atari Show. I provided a link to the channel in today's show notes to episode 14, in which Brian talks all about Atari links and even mentions the Handicast by name. Thanks again, Brian, for your audio submission. Take care and keep on linksing. The third audio submission I received is from a new submitter, Doug Venner. Here's what Doug has to say about APB. Hey Mark, how's it going? First time caller here, but I've been listening to your podcast for about a year and a half. I'm an Atari 2600 guy. I do feedback for FERC's awesome 2600 podcast, but I listen to all the Atari podcasts and a whole bunch of other retro computer and console podcasts as I love them all. And you do an awesome job with your podcast. And I wanted to call in to tell you how awesome of a job you do on your podcast. So much research and must go into this. You must spend so much time doing the research and taking all the notes to be able to put this podcast together. And we, as the listeners, really appreciate it. Um, So I don't remember the links at all from back in the day. I would have been in high school. I would have been about 15, uh, 14 or 15 when the the links came out. And uh, I do not remember it at all. When I was in high school, I do remember seeing Game Boys. Uh, a lot of people playing uh, Tetris and the Mario games, Super Mario Land, I think it was called. But I don't remember the Lynx at all. I don't remember the Sega Game Gear. I don't remember the Lynx commercials. Uh, I think I was just too into like cars and girls at this point in my life. I, I really re- wasn't paying attention to stuff. I don't, I don't remember the Jaguar at all either. I love Shinto's podcast, though, by the way. But uh, your podcast has severely got me interested in the links and this whole time for the last year and a half i was listening to your podcast i wasn't able to play the games because uh, i didn't have a links but that all changed uh last month i bought uh lynxes aren't that cheap when you compare them to like game boys and uh the original game boy and the game gears uh, the links are like 
three times more expensive. So I went on eBay and bought the crappiest not working links I could buy. And it's a Lynx 1. And it's one of those ones that's uh, got the painted case. So it's all nicked and scratched up and all that. But I went on a console 5 and got the power regulator kit and a capacitor kit. And soldered all that stuff in. Cleaned up the case real good. And got all the controls all cleaned up and everything. So the case has a little bit of patina to it. But it is 100% working and it works great. Plays great. Controls great. Uh, it does have the original screen, which is interesting. I didn't realize how bad these screens were since I never had a portable back then. Uh, you kind of got to hold it at just the right angle to uh, be able to see all the colors and get the contrast right. Uh, but once you get used to it, I've been playing it now for you know three weeks or something, and I'm kind of used to it. I'm kind of one of those purist guys that doesn't like to mod my systems. So I, I don't think I'm going to go the route of going with like one of the updated screens. Uh, so my f almost 50-year-old eyes with my reading glasses... Uh, have been able to adjust to these old LCD screens. So when I initially got the console, I only had one game, which was California Games, which is a great game, a great translation of California Games. The only downside being it doesn't have Frisbee and Rollerblading. Uh, so I, I give the C64 version as my favorite. I think this one might bump into my second favorite version of California Games now with the 2600 version uh, being third. Uh, but then I got a uh, one of those uh, Atari Lynx game drives, ordered that from Atari Age. I've had that for about two weeks now, and I am loving it. I've only played a few games uh, because the first game I tried was Chips Challenge, and I am completely addicted to Chips Challenge. I'm only like 25 levels in, and I think there's, uh, what, 144 levels? But man, that game just keeps me wanting to try again and again and again, and I keep going back to it. And I've probably wasted quite a few hours playing that game already, and I really love it. Um, so then I played Paperboy, which was uh, your last episode. I uh, loved Paperboy in the arcade, and I thought this was a great version. I don't really, really remember playing Paperboy on any other system. Uh, maybe the Master System. I had the Master System. I probably played Paperboy on that, but I don't really remember. Uh, but I thought this was a great translation of Paperboy on the Lynx. I didn't even miss the speech initially. I kind of forgot the arcade game had speech uh, until I listened to your episode and everybody was commenting that it was missing speech. Um, so I didn't really miss the speech. The music is a little bit annoying, but uh, you kind of get used to it. And the gameplay is, of course, fun and addicting, and I really enjoyed Paperboy. So this week, you're covering uh, APB. So I have quite a lot of history with APB. Uh, and that is why I wanted to try to make sure I got my feedback in for this episode. So when I was 15 years old in uh, 1990, I got my first job. It was at a uh, cafeteria at Rutgers College in New Jersey. And they had a little arcade uh, that, had, that had four video games in it. And they would rotate them from time to time every few months. So soon after I started, they brought in this game called APB. An Atari game. Of course, I loved Atari at the time. I grew up with the 2600. This was a, an amazing time, I thought, for Atari arcade games. The mid-80s, you know, like Paperboy, Champ Sprint, APB, Stun Runner. You know, it was just one after the another of just awesome, awesome arcade game. Awesome looking cabinets with really nice artwork. Awesome graphics. Awesome sound. 
And APB came into my cafeteria and it had the seat and of course, you know, the uh, cop lights on the top just looked like a great game with the steering wheel. And during my breaks and after work, I would play that game quite a bit. Unfortunately, it only lasted for maybe four or five months before it got rotated out. And when it did get rotated out, it got rotated out with Sega Power Drift, which, by the way, is uh, also a pretty good little arcade game there. So a little bit down the road in the early 2000s, I started collecting video arcade games and putting them in my uh, house in a spare bedroom. I had a whole bunch. I think at one point I had uh, up to 10 to 12 video arcade games. And at one point, I came across a APB on Craigslist with the original seat. So I bought that, and I had that for probably five or six years I owned that and uh, really enjoyed it. It's a great-looking game. And I probably would have kept it longer, but I got into pinball at the time, and I ended up replacing all my video arcade games uh, with pinball machines. I had like 12 or 13 pinball machines at one point. I've downsized a little bit since then, but... So now, APB on the links. Uh, I was pretty impressed. Uh, first of all, you have the problem of the translation of a steering wheel gas pedal game to a D-pad and two buttons. So I think they did a pretty good job with it. Uh, the controls are pretty good. It actually feels pretty good. One, one problem I had, and obviously, as I said, I'm brand new to the Atari Lynx. So in this game, you need to press two buttons at the same time. You have the accelerator and the sirens, I didn't find a good way to hold the links to be able to play it that way. How I ended up doing it was uh, just putting my thumb between the two buttons, and then I would just roll over to one button or the other if I needed just one button. That was the only way I could figure out to do it. I don't know, maybe somebody's got some tips on how you hold this when you got to use two buttons at the same time. Remember, I'm not really a two-button joystick guy because I'm a 2600 guy, so I'm only used to one button. Uh, but I thought APB, it's, it's really good. It's got the speech. Uh, it's got the graphics look almost as good as the arcade. Uh, it plays just as good as the arcade. I was really impressed with the translation of the APB to the Lynx. Now, one downside to APB, and this was going back to the arcade and when I owned the game, it's not a game you want to like play over and over again, at least not me. It's kind of a game you you play through, get as far as you can, and then you kind of move on to another game and you won't play EPB again for another day or so. Uh, It's not like a more addictive game where like you got to keep hitting reset, playing again, playing again, playing again. Plus, APB, it could be a kind of a long game if if you're good at it. I'm not super good at it, but, you know, I can play through quite a few rounds and have quite a bit of fun with it. So I think that's all I got. I've blabbed on long enough here. I just wanted to thank you, Mark, for this amazing podcast that you do. Keep up the hard work. We really appreciate it. And uh, hopefully I will call in again soon. Thanks, Mark. Talk to you later. Well, thank you so much, Doug, for taking the time to provide feedback for the Handicast, as well as about APB. I gotta say, I'm not surprised you don't remember either the Atari Lynx or the Atari Jaguar back in the day. And don't let Ferg hear you use that phrase either. I was 30 years old and working in retail in 1989 when the Lynx was released. And I barely remember it. The Nintendo Game Boy was just too dominant. By the way, congrats on getting an original Lynx 1. Yes, the Lynx consoles and games, even some of the most common ones, have been getting more expensive over the last few years. I like to think it's the result of what many call the Ferg effect 
in which demand drives the price of a given 2600 game up whenever Ferg reviews it on his podcast. I don't know. Is there such a thing as the Monty effect? I prefer to call it the Monty principle. Oh, right, Monty. Anyway, Doug, I'm glad to hear that you were able to get your Lynx 1 recapped and fitted with a new power circuit. And don't let anybody make you feel guilty for not wanting to replace the original screen with a modern one. Although the modern screen does make a world of difference. If the original still works and looks good, no need to replace it. Yet. Finally, thanks for your thoughts on California Games, Chips Challenge, Paperboy, and especially on APB. Your insights into the differences between the arcade cabinet and the Lynx port are spot on. And I love your memories about the APB coin-op in your cafeteria. And thanks for the tip about pressing both the A and B buttons together and rocking your thumb back and forth to control acceleration and the siren. I must try that. I really appreciate your feedback, Doug. Thank you, and please keep submitting for future episodes of the Handicast. Talk to you soon. The fourth audio submission I received about APB was from the aforementioned Kieran Hawken of the Laird's Lair YouTube channel. Here is what he said about the game. Hey everybody, Kieran AK the Retro Laird here. And it's that time again for the Lynx Handycast feedback. And this time round, it's APB. Now, APB is a Lynx game that I have a massive, massive soft spot for. It's easily my top 10. And in fact, for a short while, I would have actually said it was my favourite Lynx game uh, when I was younger. Because APB is one of those titles that I bought um, back in the day. Uh, pretty much as soon as it came out actually and that's because I'd played APB in the arcades only once actually I only ever saw it once and that one time I saw it I played it and I played it for a long time and I thought it was absolutely brilliant I loved it so much as soon as I heard it was coming to the links I couldn't wait to get my hands on it Uh, and I do remember going into Games Galore in Hemel Hempstead and uh, Games Galore were uh, they were a shop, but they also did mail order. Um, they used to advertise in the CMVG Go magazine a lot, actually, with their upside-down adverts. But anyway, their actual shop was very, very near to where I lived. So I went in. Uh, I remember buying APB and rushing, rushing out the door with it to um, to sit and play it in the car on the way home. And to say I wasn't disappointed is an understatement. I just thought it was incredible conversion. It was only later that I actually realised that it isn't quite perfect because it is missing the interrogation scene. Uh, but I don't really remember noticing that um, at the time because I was just blown away by the brilliant humour in the game, especially all the digitised speech really made APB seem like something special. Uh, I mean, it was a really playable and fun game. The graphics were decent as well, had some nice music. But that speech just brought the game to life and I can't think of actually many other Lynx games that, you know, used speech as well as as APB did. I think Awesome Golf is probably the other one that springs to mind, actually, because I loved the, the speech in that, and I thought it really helped bring the game to life there as well. But APB, you know, with the, you know, the other cops shouting at you and the um, people on the road shouting at you and the way your uh, boss breathes fire on you if you've got too many demerits... All the humour in the game um, just, just you know, really, really made it one of my favourite Lynx games back then and still one of my favourite Lynx games now. And, you know, there's 
all the secrets to discover in the game as well. So, you know, it's quite one of those games where it never plays the same um, because you end up going off on little diversions and finding things you didn't find before and secret money bags and such like. And, yeah, I mean, I just can't say enough good things about APB. And, you know, I can't even think of a, a single criticism that I would give the game. Um, and that's it, really. Um, thank you for... Um, letting me leave my feedback again and um, keep up the good work, Mark. Oh, and actually, while we're on the subject of um, driving and cars, I must congratulate Monty on mentioning the uh, Morris Minor um, in the last episode because growing up for a while, um, my mum actually had a Morris Traveller, which was the estate car version with the the, the wood on the sides. You, you Americans would call it a station wagon. But we didn't really have cars with wood on the sides, apart from the Morris Traveller. It was pretty iconic. Uh, so, yeah, there, there's a, a nice little personal connection back to the last episode as well. Well, thank you, Kieran, for your feedback on what is one of your top 10 games, APB. I'm glad to hear that you were not disappointed with the controls versus the coin-ops steering wheel and that you were able to master them. I'd be interested to hear what your high score is for the game, or at least how close to Day 99 you got to. And I do hope that Monty and I are doing justice in our coverage of one of your favorite Lynx titles. And speaking of Monty, Monty, do you remember the Morris Minor Traveler that Kieran spoke of? I do, but our family couldn't afford the extra £200 or so to purchase the wood-paneled estate wagon. Plus, it was too much of a fire hazard. Ah, good point, Monty. In any case, I'd like to encourage all of my listeners to check out Kieran's Laird's Lair YouTube channel. It's always chock-a-block full of interesting info about retro gaming, including the Atari Lynx. Be sure to watch and subscribe. And thank you so much for your memories about APB, Kieran. Cheers, mate. Finally, as is usual, I received an audio submission from veteran submitter Shinto of the Atari Jaguar Game by Game podcast. Let's hear what Shinto says about his experience with APB. Oh my gosh, this game is so good. It's got to be one of my top 10 games on the links, if not higher, but I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. If I'm not mistaken, I got APB for my birthday, and after figuring out the controls, the siren thing especially, really got into it. I hadn't seen APB before at that point, I didn't know it was also an arcade game, so it was quite a surprise to see an APB cabinet in the back corner of Boardwalk Arcade, next to Zybots, 720, and Vindicators. I, uh, well, didn't last very long on the arcade version, but on the links, I was able to get several days in. The one high score I have written down in the old high score binder is $11,105, set August 20th, 1992. I'm sure Bobby Tribble probably has that beat five times over. I liked the game so much that this was the first Lynx poster I hung up on my wall. I'm going to send you a picture, Mark, of the corner of my old bedroom, which shows the APB poster along with a couple other Lynx manual posters, plus my 486 computer and a Star Wars poster, and evidence of gratuitous Mountain Dew consumption. I might have been a bit of a nerd back then. I'd like to think I've grown out of that. I'm a much bigger nerd today. So after getting APB, I was reading a review of the game in a magazine off the rack at Walden Software, and I don't remember which one, but I think I remember the conclusion, which read, 
It'll make you laugh, it'll make you groan, it'll make you darn glad you bought a Lynx. Maybe you came across this review in your research, but I was darn glad I got a Lynx, and this is one of the games that I would definitely show off to my friends. They were mostly impressed with it, I think, but more than one asked me at the end of a successful day, wait, what is that police chief saying? I can't understand him. Well, that's, that's kind of the point. It's just a stream of compliments and flattery. The words don't really matter. It's the, the tone that matters. I still find it clever and fun. Which kind of describes the entire game. I love the drive through and drive-by donut dispensers, which are awesome. The worlds are gigantic, or at least they sure seem that way, with so many places you can go off the beaten path. I love all the voice samples, too. One of the very best Lynx games in terms of voice clips, I think. Though one of them... My brother and I thought sure sounded a whole lot like the condescending sycophant Eddie Haskell from Leave it to Beaver. I tried to find an Eddie Haskell sound clip to drive this point home, but YouTube let me down. I have been known, on occasion, if I'm driving somewhere and running late, to say, Ugh, sure could use a donut. Which, I'd have to say, confused my kids a bit, but then they would want actual real-life donuts, and then I would too. Stupid donuts. Where's the gas station? I'd say that sometimes, but that reference is much more straightforward. One of the greatest things about APB is how, when you lose, you win, because the, the animation of being yanked out of your squad car, cuffed, and thrown in the back of the truck, it's just so cool, it doesn't get old. Unlike me, I'm older, nerdier as we've established, and not nearly as good at this game as I used to be. Well, thank you so much, Shinto, for your feedback about APB. I'm impressed with how much you like the game, and your $11,105 score is certainly nothing to sneeze at. It's much better than my own score. Thanks, by the way, for providing me with the picture of your bedroom from back in the day that you referenced in your audio submission. I have posted that picture in the show notes for everyone to see. I cannot get over the huge number of Mountain Dew cans that you had lined up along the top shelf of your computer desk. Yeah, that's definitely nerd fuel, all right. And no, I didn't come across the magazine review that you referenced saying that APB would, quote, make you laugh, it'll make you groan, it'll make you darn glad that you bought a Lynx. Sorry. And you're right. The sure thing officer voice clip from the game does indeed sound a bit like Eddie Haskell from Leave it to Beaver, at least to me. Well... What do my listeners think? Is it Eddie Haskell? Good afternoon, Mrs. Cleaver. Finally, I agree that the game-ending cutscene never gets old. Although I question how strict a police department must be that it needs to apprehend an officer that way just for an excessive number of demerits. Thanks again, as always, for your thoughts on APB, Shinto. And please keep the Link's feedback coming. Cheers! Many, many thanks to all of you so much for generously providing your feedback via comments, emails, and audio submissions. I really appreciate it. Man, I sure could use a donut. I hate Captain Block! I hate Captain Block! Wrapping it up. Well, Monty, I've returned the squad car to headquarters and my shift is over, so I guess my investigation of APB All Points Bulletin on the links is now a closed case. So, 
Does our review of today's game change in any way your impression of American patrol officers? I have a two-word answer for you. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, oh! I see, Monty. Well, on that two-word bombshell, I would like to remind all of my listeners that links to everything that I've included in this episode about APB can be found in the links links in the show notes. Just check them out. Also, Linksters, if you're interested in all of the awesome homebrew and aftermarket links titles that are currently available, simply check out the resources page at the Atari Links Handicast website. There you will find an up-to-date listing from the following four online vendors. Looksoft in Germany, Songbird Productions in the U.S., Telegames in the U.K., and Yastuna Games in France. Just visit the resources page in the top menu at atarilinkshandicast.net. And while you're visiting the Handicast website, please stop by the Handy Shop, the online store that stocks all of our official Atari Lynx Handicast branded merchandise. Monty and I have bins of clothing and accessories to appeal to any Linkster. And with Christmas coming up, what gift could be better for that Linkster loved one than a hat or shirt from the Handy Shop? And the best thing is that everything you purchase in the Handy Shop will help offset the hosting and domain costs of the podcast. Just go to Atari Lynx Handicast net slash handy shop and have fun shopping finally my dear listeners i want to say how sincerely appreciative i am for everyone remaining so patient with monty and me over the lack of new handicast episodes during the last 23 months i've had a lot going on in my life over that period but i think that i can now shift my focus to finishing the handicast the project i started five years ago devoted to our favorite game console the atari lynx Many, many thanks to all of you for sticking by me. On the next episode of The Handicast, I'll be covering yet another arcade port from the Atari Lynx's library, Rygar, released in 1990. So I'll take this time to ask everyone to try to get any feedback into me for episode 24, Rygar, as soon as you can. And future episodes of the Atari Lynx Handicast include episode 25, Hard Driving, episode 26, NFL Football, episode 27, Turbo Sub, Episode 28, Joust, and Episode 29, Scrapyard Dog. So please, join me on the next episode, won't you? And until then, thank you all for supporting and listening to The Handicast. Please stop by The Handy Shop, and most importantly, keep Keep on on linksing. Okay, Elvira, take us out of here. Leaving so soon? Thanks are in order for the Free Music Archive, which allows for the song 8-Bit Core by Dagirigus to be used as the opening and closing theme music for the Atari Lynx Handicast under the Creative Commons license. The Free Music Archive also allows for the following songs and artists to be used in this episode. Back to Hometown, Little Caesar Bandello, Little Caesar of the Boulevard, Manhattan Skyline, Moonlight Beach Yami, Piano Man Sofa, and Swingin' Sofas all by Lobo Loco. I would also like to thank Ferg of the Atari 2600 Game by Game podcast, Shinto of the Atari Jaguar Game by Game podcast, and Zerbi of the many Zerbinator Land podcasts, including the excellent Please Stand By podcast. The help and inspiration that Ferg, Shinto, and Zerbi have provided in my brief podcasting experience are invaluable to me, and I really appreciate it. Finally, I would also like to give my heartfelt thanks to my beautiful wife Lizzie, 
She has put up with me and with this strange podcasting thing with the patience of a saint, and I could never fully repay her, but I will definitely try. Nudge, nudge, snap, snap, green, green, wink, wink, sign them all. Atari Lynx Handycast is a proud partner with AtariLynxVault.com. If you are looking for the latest Lynx news, interesting Lynx articles, a full list of Atari Lynx games, and a one-stop compendium of all things Atari Lynx, you can't do any better than visiting AtariLynxVault.com. Tell them Monkey sent you. The Atari Lynx Handycast is also a proud member of the Throwback Network. You can listen to all of the great retro-themed podcasts on the network, including this one, by visiting throwbackreviews.com. Just click on the podcast's link in the top menu. Episodes of the Atari Lynx Handycast can be found on Apple Podcasts. Please take time to leave a review on Apple Podcasts so that other interested listeners can easily find the Handycast. In addition to Apple Podcasts, the Atari Lynx Handycast can be found everywhere that podcasts are sold, including Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Amazon Music, Deezer, iHeartRadio, Pandora, and Spotify. be sure to check out the Atari Lynx Handicast website. All of the episodes can be found there, including show notes and a list of upcoming episodes. You can even purchase Handicast-themed merchandise such as mugs, mouse pads, t-shirts, and tote bags. They're all in the handy shop on the Handicast website at atarilynxhandicast.net. And also don't forget to visit the Handicast blog page at atarilynxhandicast.blogspot.com. Also, you can follow the Atari Lynx Handycast on Facebook by visiting facebook.com slash Atari Lynx Handycast. Plus, you can also follow the Atari Lynx Handycast on Instagram. Just search for Lynx Handycast. And Reddit users can find the Handycast at reddit.com slash users slash Atari Lynx Handycast. Finally, you can send Mark Little an email and let him know what you think about any episodes of the Atari Lynx Handycast. Or you can provide your own feedback about any Atari Lynx games. You can even suggest future topics or possible interview subjects to future episodes. Or you can just simply say, hi. Just write to him at mark at atarilynxhandycast.net. Thank you for listening. This is Montague Habisham wishing you all a jolly good evening. I hope you understand this, Francis. That's what happens. It's so nonchalant. They get up there so nonchalant like the other team just gives up. You ever see anybody's nonchalant as Mickey Mantle? Oh, Roger Maris, he's nonchalant too. But he's not as nonchalant as Mickey Mantle. Oh, don't get me wrong, he's nonchalant enough. He's more nonchalant than Tony Kubek. And Tony Kubek, he's no slouch at being nonchalant.
You know who else is nonchalant? Yogi Bear. Well, sometimes he's too nonchalant. The bat slips out of his hand. I had a cousin, Arnold, and he played the minor leagues. And you know what his downfall was? He wasn't naturally nonchalant. Oh, he could be nonchalant enough, but he had to drink a lot. And let me tell you something. When you're drinking and you sprawled across that third base, you're not fooling anybody. The fans knew it. They knew he wasn't just naturally nonchalant. You can't fool those baseball fans. They see a guy sprawled across a bag with his mouth open. They knew he just wasn't being nonchalant. Ooh, ooh. He's nonchalant, too. I can go as far as say that he's more nonchalant than Mickey Mantle. And you know how I feel about Mickey Mantle being nonchalant. I never saw anybody as nonchalant as Mickey Mantle. And you think Bruce Stout, he looks like the most nonchalant of all. But personally, I don't think he's nonchalant. I think he's just sleepy. Now, my favorite nonchalant player of all times was Babe Herman. He was so nonchalant, he wouldn't even show up for the game. Oh, Ted Williams, he's no slouch at being nonchalant either. I go as far as say, He's as nonchalant as Mickey Mantle. And you know how I feel about Mickey Mantle. He's nonchalant. <laughs> the Atari Lynx Handicast is made possible by a grant from the Telesearch Group and by the generous support of listeners like you. Thank you.